Welcome to the latest edition of the Protection Heroes podcast. This week we're doing something slightly different and replaying a podcast created earlier this year by the Open Work Partnership graduates, in which they invited Robin Allen, Director and Advisor at Robin Allen Solutions, and me, Steve Berry, to discuss all things protection. At 30 minutes, this one's a bit longer than our usual episodes, but has some fascinating insights and ideas and is well worth a listen. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Open Work Partnership Graduate Podcast. My name is Matt Daniels and I will be your host today. In this week's episode, we will be focusing on protection. We would like to discuss why protection is important. What are the barriers that are preventing people from taking out protection? And how can we raise the awareness of the benefits of having protection in place? Joining me today are my co-host and fellow graduate, Tolua Olashola, the Protection and General Insurance Proposition and Market Development Manager at the Open Partnership, Steve Berry, and the Director and Advisor of Robin Allen Solutions, Robin Allen. Both Steve and Robin have vast experience in the financial services industry and really do know protection like the back of their hand. So firstly, I'd like to give a warm welcome to our guests and to thank you both for joining us today. To kick things off, and perhaps a good place to start, would be for you, Steve, to outline to our listeners about what protection is and what types are available. Uh, Yeah, thank you, Matthew. Um, Interesting question. I'm trying to think of the general public's uh, perception of protection because it's a language that we use, and I think it's very much an industry word. Uh, So so what, what protection isn't? It... We talk about protection to the public and they're going to think of something else. They're going to think of, you know, the things you buy at the chemist. They're going to think of bouncers on a, on a nightclub door. They're going to think of a hard waxy coating you put on your car or something like that. That's what protection means to the general public when you use that word, I think. It is not putting the right money in the right hands at the right time when a life catastrophe and a life event happens. Because what protection really is, for me is it's almost like a lottery win. It just creates money where none existed before, exactly when your life circumstances mean that you need it the most. That's how I would explain it. So whatever that life event might be, whether it's the death of a loved one, the death of a partner, the death of a breadwinner, whether it's a serious illness that prevents you from working, or maybe might even be terminal, or whether it's an accident, sickness, long-term, that means you can't earn the income on which you rely, protection in our world just creates money at that point in time to enable clients to continue uh, living their lives. That's great. Thank you, Steve. Um, now now to Robin. Uh, why would you say having protection in place is important? The analogy I have started using recently, and I think it's because I've had a lot of younger clients recently who have come in with next to no knowledge is life is a tightrope we are walking along it and sometimes we have wobbles and sometimes we might fall off and the safety net that you put in place with your iosa personal insurances i can't say protection because like steve says i think of a bouncer um the size of the safety net is up to them if they want to put a tiny safety net and they're happy to take those financial risks if something goes wrong that's fine if they want no safety net and they're a complete daredevil also fine But if they want a large one to make sure if those events that Steve has talked about happen, 
that there's something there to catch them financially, that's great. Yeah, thank you both. You really do make, make some really good points there. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, now I'd like to ask a question to you both, perhaps. Um, can you recall any notable examples or stories where having protection in place has been crucial for a client or a family member? Um, I, well, I've actually got one going on at the minute where I have a client who has been diagnosed with what is defined as a critical illness. Um, and yes, they've got the financial safety net, but I think the biggest peace of mind they had was me initially because they remembered the fact I said, if you ever have any questions or you need anything, ring me. And that's exactly what they did. And I was able to go, right, this is what we've got. This is what they've told you your diagnosis is. Let me ring the insurer and get the ball rolling for you. Um, so yes, the financial safety net and the financial security is great for that particular client because they will be taking some significant time off. But also the fact they had a human being they could ring sort of cemented that security overall because they know they've got someone in their corner. I think that's a really important point. Um the temptation for clients to say, oh, well, I'll just go and have a look online or I'll look at, um, you know, comparethemarket.com or whatever. What you don't get is you don't get a Robin and you don't get a huge number of other advisors like her that really know their stuff inside out, backwards and upside down and add value every stage of the journey. Anyone can go onto a website and click a button and buy, you know, 50 grand worth of life cover from LNG. But when the worst happens, you need someone fighting your corner. And that's what I think our, our industry tries to do and actually does really, really well. Uh, but to answer your actual question, Matthew, you said about examples of where protection has been crucial. Robin's the right person to pick that up first, I think, because she's spoken about a real client and that's what she's dealing with. I'm, I've got more of a helicopter view because of the role that I have. Um, but it doesn't take a trawl of many providers' websites to find hundreds of claims videos where they have used the uh, experiences of some of their clients and customers to try to explain to the uninitiated really how important this is. Um, there are males, there are females, there are children that have got cancer. Um, there's all sorts of stories available that you can see on film from almost any mainstream provider, and they are really, really good, but they also really, really emotive, but they really bring home that this actually happens. You know, the, the ostrich mentality of it won't happen to me, I'll be all right. It, it kind of doesn't really apply because life's a tightrope. Um, and one of the most important is it's kind of not really running anymore, but it's there in the background. And it's something that people bring up a lot. It was a Seven Families campaign uh, run by the Seven Families charity four or five years ago now, probably a bit more. But income protection, these clients didn't have it. Life events happened. I can think of several. A lady, uh, a midwife who had a... Um, she had severe arthritis, couldn't work. Um, a lady going out for a bike ride on her 40th birthday with her husband as a celebratory thing uh, had a car accident and was paralysed. And there were, there were, it just happens. Guy at work having a stroke and it was pretty much wheelchair bound. So all of those things and seven families stepped in and provided an income for them as if they'd had income protection. They didn't have it, but they helped them out for a 12-month period and that was they saw the blessing. And some of those stories are... Um, they're just great messages. So that's why it's important. Yeah, and Steve, you've just reminded me there of a story 
from, I say way back when, I'm not quite that old, um, but from back in my banking days, and this is before I'd even took a tiny step towards insurance. And this wasn't me, this was a story I heard where somebody had rang in to a call centre to basically say, I can't afford my bills right now. I need to cancel some direct debits. And as they're going through with the person on the phone and they're talking about what they can cancel, the person on the phone said, well, what's actually going on? What's causing this? And they said, oh, I've got a child. They're poorly. I'm off work. We're looking after them. And the person goes, hold on. This here says St. Andrews. And that was who did the Halifax insurances at the time. And they said, let me just check what this is. Turns out they had a critical illness policy that included children's cover that they'd forgotten about. Had this person not intervened, they could have potentially, they, well, they wouldn't have ended up with their money. They'd have cancelled the direct debit not knowing what it was. And that enabled that family to breathe financially. And so many times, like Steve said, it's people's interventions that get us there. Um, because I always say this isn't something people talk about in the pub who sits in the pub or in a restaurant going, oh yeah, sort, sort of me income protection last week. They don't, it's not part of everyday life. So we have to make it part of everyday life and we have to keep talking about it. And in my case, annoying people with it, but eventually it sinks in. It can be quite difficult talking about protection. So how do you talk about protection um, without kind of talking about the doom and gloom? Or do you find that quite the sad stories are, are effective? I'm completely open. I say I talk about death for a living, okay? I, d I have the hard conversations, so I don't sugarcoat. I don't hide. I don't go like this. I go, right, this is what we're going to talk about. But because the first thing I need to do is find out about them, I'm finding out all about them, their, their lifestyle, their family, their um, priorities, what their financial circumstances are like. So by the time I actually have a conversation about, right, let's talk about the insurances and what they do, I can then give everything context, which then means they can visualise it and see what might happen. And there is some, my first meeting with a client, probably about 10% of it is actually talking using the words insurance. The rest of it is all them because they know them best. I need to get to know them. So as I know I'm doing the right thing for them, the conversation never scares me. That's absolutely right. We have to have the difficult conversations in the good times, like now, so that we are in a position to have the pleasant conversations when things go bad. You know, when that, when that client rings an advisor, up, rings Robin up and says, you know, this has happened, have we had, have we had, did we get insurance? Did we talk about that? You know, she'll be able to say, yes, we did. And she knows that she can help out. And that conversation where she's able to say, yes, leave it with me. I'll get back to you. It's 150 grand. I'm on it, whatever. And then, you know, seven days later, the check's paid from Aviva or somebody. That's the conversation you want to have. The conversation that goes, well, no, I didn't discuss it because I thought it was a bit, I just didn't want to go there. That's the really difficult conversation when, you know, if, if a client were to ring up and, and you haven't, it's what I call doing a proper job. Um, it's, it's really easy. Uh, I'm going to sort of eulogise a little bit now, but I do get a bit passionate about this. Um, with, with the greatest respect to every mortgage advisor that might be listening to this, the mortgage market is absolutely booming. You could call mortgage advisors order takers at the moment because the clients are queuing up for their next mortgage. 
because they want the dream home that they've got an emotional attachment to. Doing a proper job is putting the protection alongside that. Something that they maybe haven't even considered, that you know that they need, but they don't want. And the, you know, the, the job that Robin does so well and that other people like her do so well is to turn the need that you know they've got or that they know that they've got into a want that they have to have it. And that is having that difficult conversation. It's not going to happen any other way. My clients have really started referring to me quite regularly now as you're a bit of a reality check, aren't you? Yeah, indeed. Um, I mean, one in two people born after 1960. So pretty much, I would guess, that's pretty much everyone that's buying a house now, kind of, yeah, um, unless you're 60 years old. So, you know, you're 25, you're 35, you're 45 years old, whatever. One in two people born after 1960 are going to suffer cancer at some point in their lifetime. And if I can make a little leaf, a leap, and just suggest that all of those mortgages are for couples, let's just go there. Um, if they're all for couples, that means every household, every couple, every mortgage at some point in time is going to deal with cancer. Uh, statistically, I mean, it might not be every single one, absolutely, but the numbers will say that statistically that is going to happen. Uh, that's why this is so important. I think what, what you said, it leads us on to our next point really well, because I was going to be talking about uh, the role that protection plays alongside a mortgage. And of course, protection covers a number of forms. But perhaps for a minute, let's just focus on uh, mortgage protection, as there are some really gripping statistics. Uh, for example, of all clients across firms in the Open Work Partnership Network that took out a new mortgage in 2021, so this is approximately about 60,000 people. Only 42% took out a mortgage combined with protection. This is above the industry average. However, this does mean that the rest, almost 60%, have a mortgage and no protection in case they are unable to pay the mortgage repayments. So a question to you both. Um, why do you think protection alongside a mortgage often gets overlooked? Unfortunately, there are those of us, Steve and I, obviously, are incredibly passionate about this. We understand it. But I also understand the limitations, frustrations and obstacles that a mortgage advisor has to go through to get a mortgage through. So I'm not saying it's all their fault, but they could do uh, some of them, the ones that don't protect could do a better job of signposting and taking better responsibility for their clients they're providing them with, with a massive amount of debt um for me it would just be part of your moral code to make sure they were having the conversations and having them well enough and if they can't that's fine make sure somebody else is everybody thinks their biggest asset is their property their biggest asset is the person that pays for the property but you have your home insurance. Why do you not have your people insurance? Robin said about, you know, laziness and all that. And, and I, I do passionately believe that, and back to my phrase of doing a proper job, we are giving people mortgages, which are 100, 150, 200, 300,000 pounds, the biggest debt they are ever going to have around their neck in their life. It's almost immoral to walk away from that without putting protection in place because the, the great part the good part of the meeting is to give you the home that you want yeah the tricky bit it, but the most important part of my job as it were is to make sure that you keep that home whatever happens and if you don't want to do it yourself if you can't do it yourself 
Robin did say it a moment ago, but I'm going to say it again. You signpost it to somebody that can. Yeah, if, you, if you're just not interested in protection, if it just doesn't turn you on, you don't want to go there, then please, at least, just find a Robin, find a number of other advisors, because there are advisors that don't want to do mortgages because they find them boring and dull and hard work. But they will do protection. So buddy up with somebody, pass them off onto somebody else, form a partnership. Yeah, I also think there's an element of you do need a certain personality type and style to have the conversations really well. And while there are fantastic mortgage and protection advisors out there, it's impossible for everybody to have the same skill set. And it's whenever I'm talking about insurances in the final part of my first meeting, I split it. I go, right, we've got mortgage needs and we've got lifestyle needs. Mortgage is very factual. We know exactly how much we owe. We know for how long. We know the interest rate at the minute. We life and it's a very it's a tick box. Whereas when we're talking about, right, what life cover do we need over and above the mortgage? What critical illness over and above the mortgage? What income protection do we need? That's feeling space. That's lifestyle. That's going, right, am I willing to make sacrifices? What impact will it have on my actual life? And that's a very different and more in-depth and feeling space conversation. So that's how I split it. Not everybody will do that because people will probably feel overwhelmed by the conversation. So people just have to find their own way or as I and Steve have both concurred, they just need to send them all to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you've spoken about it from an advisor's point of view and and why they would um, maybe circumvent, you know, actually getting the protection in place, but more so from a client's point of view, why I think, protection it seems like an obvious an obvious thing to do but why is it that maybe a client would not you know think to oh you know maybe I ought to protect myself what are some of the reasons you found I was going to say before you guys sort of came on to the graduate scheme did you know about all the insurances that were available to you most definitely not not for me personally no and that right there is what we're talking about it's education. If you don't know you need it or you don't know it's available, you don't know what you don't know. So we as an industry need to do a better job of normalising the conversations, removing the taboo and making this a day-to-day subject. Because, yes, we might happen to see them at a life event of buying a house But what if somebody never buys a house? What if they're a prolific renter? We're never going to have a touch point with them. Yeah. They might not get financial advice. They might not be a saver. They might not be interested in a pension. They might just live by the seat of their pants and not have any intervention. So we need to consistently educate as an industry so that people know where to go. Yeah. But how many of... The providers, the industry, they focus on life insurance and life insurance is the easiest to understand. Somebody dies, there is money. Then you throw in the term terminal illness and people then start to get confused with that and critical illness. And then they don't know about income protection because everyone's scared to talk about income protection because they might say something wrong and then people will take it the wrong way. And so I think we as an industry and the providers, we all... Because we all see the adverts or the stills of sort of a parent and a child and protect your family. 
why do we not talk about the selfish insurances? I want critical illness so that if I suffer with something, I get some money so that I don't have to stress. If I can't work because I've been in an accident, I want income so I can take care of myself. And there's nothing wrong with the I. I think I've told this story before, but LV, uh, one of the insurers on the Open Work panel, they have a client who has so far been claiming for 35 years. Uh, 1986, I think it started this claim. Young lady, 28 years old, took out income protection cover and she'd paid her premiums annually uh, rather than monthly. So she'd actually paid two premiums. So the policy was about 18 months old when she was suddenly diagnosed with what I can't remember, uh, but unable to work. And she's never recovered. And she's still claiming on that policy to this day. Uh, the policy's got two years left to run. So it will have paid out her income for 37 years when it finishes. And that's the one that really riles me. You know, when clients say, well, you won't pay out anyway. Yes, we do. The industry has a claims record second to none. I've never thought about comparing it to car insurance or house insurance. I, I, I don't want to go there. But, you know, we pay out 100% of valid claims and we always look for a reason to pay. Life covers easy. Uh, you know, it's, you know, without being too coarse or callous, it, it's not hard to identify dead bodies. So, you know, most of those get paid out. Critical illness income protection, a little bit more different, but they're still up in the well up in the 90s. Yeah, 90 percent um, of, of these claims are paid out, 95, something like that. You ask clients what their perception is. And we were looking at some figures not too long ago. And, you know, most people think, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent of these cases will pay out. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's super interesting. Steve, to your point, um, you mentioned um, people fearing that um, insurance claims won't actually pay out, which I think is which I think is a very valid point in that one some of the fears that I associated with um, insurance and protection was um, underwriting, you know, um, uh, like the small prints and contracts, like covert costs. So what would you say to someone? Maybe Robin, you may be um, well placed to answer the question as well. What would you say to somebody who has that that fear that um you know it, either it won't pay out or you know they have fear going into a, a long term contract. Yeah, I mean for me it it brings up a lot of different things. I say when I'm with my clients, um, I never want someone to have a direct debit that they resent or they don't understand. So unless they fully understand it and they're bought into it, I'm not interested in setting it up for them because I'm not paying lip service. It needs to be something they value. When it comes to the contract, you can cancel any time. It's no cost. It's one of those insurances. Well, you need it, you pay it. When you don't, if you pay your mortgage off 10 years early, you might not feel you want your mortgage protection anymore because you may have other ones for lifestyle. I always tell people if they win the lottery, um, as long as it's in the seven figures, you likely won't need your insurance anymore, but still give me a call. Um, but when it comes to the price, obviously... On our quotes, we have, if you kept this policy for the full term, this is how much it will cost you. Most people are scared of saying that figure out loud to a client because they're worried of how they'll take it. I give it context like I do everything. Now, if when you went to take your driving test, you walked into the room and they said, right, before you take your test, here's your invoice for how much driving is going to cost you over your lifetime. 
your petrol, your insurance, your MOT, your servicing, your cars, your car, everything, I wouldn't have taken my driving test because I'd have been scared of the figure. It's context. If it pays out, it pays out a heck of a lot more than you've ever paid in with the insurance. But if you don't claim on it, you were happy, you were healthy, and you didn't have any major catastrophes. So for me, it's a win-win every time. As, as, as you mentioned, uh, there needs to be uh, an increase in the awareness for people, especially young people as well. As, as, as you've mentioned, there's a general stigma about protection, about um, people thinking that it doesn't pay out, but it, it does. Um, so I'd like to touch on finally, um, how can we uh, raise the awareness and also from an open work partnership uh, perspective as well, how can we support advisors and clients and educate people about the benefits of having protection? So if Steve, you would like to answer that. Yeah, well, there's a couple of questions there. Um, how to make it more accessible. I, I want to pick up on something that Robin did say, and I think Tuluva mentioned it as well, or Robin questioned her about it. You know, before you started doing this graduate programme, you you hadn't heard of protection. You didn't know what it was. You know, it, it could be the bouncer at the nightclub or the waxy shine on your car roof that, you know, but talking about money, it, it doesn't doesn't go there. So um, there's a group called the Income Protection Task Force a group of like-minded um, uh, individuals, of which Robin is one. They did a fantastic programme last year, trying to bring uh, something called Ziggy, Ziggy Money Moves, and trying to bring the messages that I'm talking about and that Robin's talking about down to younger consumers aged 18 to 35 to help them understand and better manage their money, uh, raise awareness of the importance of income protection and ultimately protect more incomes. So we need to do a lot more like that. I mean, Robin is absolutely fantastic on social media. Have you seen her TikTok and all that sort of stuff? That's that's really engaging. I know other advisors that, that work for other networks that do similar things that are really, really engaging on social media. Uh, you know, little handheld phone videos, uh, not professionally done, really sort of intimate and and. Um, you know, just just them in their kitchen with a mobile phone, but it looks brilliant. Um, that sort of thing will help. But the most important thing, I think, is just to get advisors to have the conversation with clients. Um, give them the chance to say no, um, because it, it's really, really important to do that. Now, you asked me, secondly, what are we do in the open work? Um, one thing we're blessed with here, uh, and I'm coming from uh, another network where they just didn't have this, but the data that we have here is absolute gold dust. Um, I could look at something in a moment and I could see every mortgage that's been written by every advisor in this in this network. And I would know whether there was a protection case alongside it or not. So there's an immense amount that we can do to support advisors in identifying opportunities within their client bank that they either haven't used or haven't had time to use or whatever. I mentioned the partnership services team that we've got that sit underneath that so we can support advisors in lots of ways, either by going back and doing cases retrospectively that they haven't had time to do or by having a proactive referral. We run a series of skills workshops, knowledge and skills workshops with our provider partners, looking at how to increase your knowledge and skills to sell personal protection, uh, business protection. So let's not forget that, that the problems that come around when you know, a husband or a wife dies or has a critical illness. If that's a business and the key person disappears for some reason, 
uh, that business is, is going to suffer in the same way. Whereas I come at it from the view of, I want to simplify it for the general public. I'm, I'm always open to supporting advisors. If anybody ever wants any help, support or advice, I'm always, my door's virtual door is always open. But for me, it's get rid of the jargon, point out when we're using it too much. And even when we do things like this, we'll slip into using things like IP and decreasing term and we we just slip into it and we forget that it's our native language not somebody else's yeah that's exactly what i was thinking as well if people are finding protection products difficult to understand they're less likely to engage with protection and understand the benefits of having the cover in place so this this really has been an enjoyable discussion and i hope that our listeners have really gained a lot of knowledge and an insight into the importance of having protection in place. If our listeners are interested in, in finding more about you, uh, both and what you do, uh, where can they find you? I know you mentioned earlier about you're quite, uh, quite uh, active on social media. Um, so yes, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook or TikTok. Um, preferably on TikTok, it's much more fun. Yeah, I'm a bit old and dull. So yeah, LinkedIn, uh, you can get hold of me there. That's brilliant. Uh, so, so thank you to Robin, Steve and my co-host Tulua. 